Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast, where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness, and truth we find there. I'm your host, Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And we are starting a brand new series this week, a four-week series about the presence of God. And this week we are joined by our editorial director, Jessica Lamb. She is such a joy to have every time we have her on the podcast. And of course, you'll hear as we talk about it, that this is the plan that she really wanted to see happen for you guys. And we're so excited to just share it with you. So let's just get right to it. If Jessica had a reading plan baby, this is it. This plan would be it. My son just turned one year old in August. And when I first brought this plan idea to the team, I knew I was pregnant. The rest of you didn't know I was pregnant yet. Sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. The team decided this was a plan we wanted to study with the community right around the time where I announced that I was pregnant. I started reading research and resources on this topic the day that I went to the hospital to have my son in August 2019. And then now, right around his first birthday, it is here in the world. It is matured. It is ready to share with everyone. I mean, reading plans take time. And at She Reads Truth, reading plans are our babies. They so really are. often. And you remember in the spring, that whole Promises of God study was something that I felt like I had midwifed, midwif, midwiferied <laughs> into existence as well. And it, that obviously took a whole crowd of people to make happen. We get these pet projects. And that's what I love about our jobs is that when the Lord is working in our hearts and teaching us things, it's likely that the community will also respond to those things or will be working in the hearts and lives of the community as well. And mm-hmm. so when we bring a plan like the promises of God or the presence of God to the community after working on it and laboring in it, it's so special to hand it off and get to finally like walk through the plan with the people we created it for. It's just special, especially when we have these pet plans. And so this is that plan for you, Jessica. It is. And it's a pet plan for me because I had so many questions about this topic. Yeah. I had so much that I wanted to research, that I wanted to know, I wanted to study, I wanted to dig into scripture about. And so it was wonderful that I was allowed to do it on the clock as part of my job. It's good work if you can get it. It's good work if you can get it. (laughs) And it's so often true that these topics that we have so many questions about, yes, the community also has those, you know, has questions. And so it, it usually resonates with them. But a lot of these, we really have to gear ourselves up to dive in because we know going in yeah. that it's going to be really challenging mm-hmm. and especially a topical plan like this, because over the years at She Reads Truth, we've realized a pattern. And that is that when there is a topical reading plan, we want to be bound by what does scripture say about this topic, not what do we want to say about this topic. Yeah. And so very often, almost all, I would say always, yeah. when yeah. we go into creating a topical reading plan, it never lands exactly where we think. Like if we had to map it out when the idea is formed and then compare that to where it lands after we've really let scripture take the lead, Mm -hmm. they're not the same. Yeah. The finished product is always a good surprise. I think that when I came to this plan, there were sort of two ways I had heard this topic discussed that I thought we would end up 
working into our plan. And this topic, of course, we've said is the, the presence, presence of, of God. God. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is the first week of four weeks where we are going to look at the presence of God in scripture and how scripture talks about this theme. And I think a lot of times when people discuss the presence of God, the shorthand is sort of God walks in the garden. There's God in the tabernacle. There's God in the temple. God leaves the temple. There's God as Jesus in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem. Then there is the Holy Spirit, and then there's revelation together, presence of God. Yeah. All of that's Which, here. Which, Jessica, <laughs> I'll back that up and say, I don't know that people even go that deep. True. I think, I think when we right. think presence of God, I when I think presence of God off the cuff, I'm going like, Emmanuel, yes. God with us. Mm-hmm. And then I'm reminded, oh, yeah, in the garden. like, And oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit. But like those are kind of deeper levels even. I think that so when you even what you just described, Jessica, this like through line of the Bible, I think it's possible some of our listeners are going, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. Well, that's a good point. And so if if as a listener, that was new information or that's, oh, yeah, I haven't thought about it that way. All of that is in the plan. Get excited. Get excited. (laughs) We walk through all of that and show you sort of these key moments, not the greatest hits, as we'll soon learn, but these big moments that are markers of God's presence in this unique way in scripture. All of that's there. But as we started reading and researching, we realized that this is not even those moments. This is, I'm not going to say every page of scripture, but almost. Yeah. That as you start reading through this lens of asking the question of God's presence, what's that about in the Bible? It's there in every book. It's there in almost every story. One of the books that we read while working on this plan is a book called God's Relational Presence by J. Scott Duvall and J. Daniel Hayes. We'll actually have Dr. Duvall on the podcast during this series, so get excited. He's so wonderful and is really just an expert on this topic. But they argue in the book that God's relational presence is the central theme of all of Scripture. Okay, yeah. And once that idea was in my mind and we were reading through to look at is that true or how is this true in the Bible? It's, I agree, it's there throughout every story woven through. It's, and it's not just, you know, we have the Old Testament, God the Father, then we have Emmanuel, then we have the Holy Spirit. It's even more complicated than that because there are ways that you'll start seeing as we read these Old Testament stories where the Spirit of God comes into play. You know, there are moments in the New Testament where they're talking about God the Father, that the Trinity is present um, in all of these ways. And maybe it's not described in the language that now, you know, this side of the closing of the writing of Scripture, but it's there. And it's so exciting and exhilarating to read the Old Testament and see how these different themes are present throughout the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. And like so much of Scripture and the themes that we find in Scripture I would say, yes, it's complicated. Also, I don't know if maybe complex is a better word because it's also kind of simple in that it's God drawing near to his people, Mm -hmm. period. That is, you know, and you see that in the garden and you see that and then there's sin and separation from God, but we can't stop (laughs) God's presence from pursuing and from invading our world. Like he is here. Mm -hmm. He's here and... I think that sometimes we think about this idea as being something added on of, okay, well, at some point in my life, at some point in my faith, maybe I will seek the presence of God or, you know, I'll have an experience with God. But when you start seeing what scripture says, it's part of how we're created. It's part of being human is that Mm -hmm. an integral part of the very way we were created was to be in the presence of God, to know God's presence. And that, that's exciting to me that 
we're made for it. We're, yeah. We are made for God and that God from the very beginning wants to be with us and he draws near to us and he invites us to draw near to him. And when you start seeing that, it really, it's moving. It's yeah. moving to to have that lens to read familiar stories through and to see how that works. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm so excited for the community. Well, to the, to that see is the scripture. ideal painted in Genesis and then the everything in between that and Revelation where God makes his dwelling place with his people is a work toward restoring that presence together through different types of presence. So I actually want to give some framework to this and to our conversation. One of the things that I really like on page 27 in the study book, we take just like a little sidebar and kind of define some terms. Because when we talk about the presence of God, are we talking about the imminent presence of God, the transcendent presence? Of, like there are some terms that feel big, but once we kind of define those, kind of have that glossary, it helps the conversation make a little more sense for me and probably for the listeners too. So when we talk about the presence of God, there is a manifest presence of God that we see in scripture. And then there's the always omnipresence. So Jessica, will you talk to us about those terms really quickly? Yes. It's that God being not like us. Um, hard to define. Hard to define. Hard to make sense of. Hard to yeah. make sense of. But that multiple things can be true about God at the same time. And sometimes we are uncomfortable in that tension, but God is not uncomfortable in that tension You're because right. it yeah. is who he is. Yeah. So God is both omnipresent meaning he he sees everything and is everywhere at all times. He's above all things and aware of all things. This is that like Psalm 139, like there's actually, where can I go from your presence? Like there's no escaping God's presence, which is a comfort to us as believers, but also true. There's no hiding from God. That's yes. the omnipresence. Yes. But there is also throughout scripture, and then even now for us as believers in the Holy Spirit, the specific presence of God. So we'll get into this almost every day in the study, but there are these moments where scripture describes the presence of God showing up in a real way, specifically in time and place. In a way that like the five human senses, or at least some of the five human senses can perceive God, whether it be by sight or sound or something like that, more than an elevated version of the omnipresence of God. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think that concept of holding both of those truths in tension might be the most complicated this plan gets. And after that, once you hold that intention as you read, I think it's mostly just encouraging and exciting to see those moments and to notice those specific things in Scripture. And so what is that called, Jessica, where in Scripture it describes that like a human sees God with their eyes or hears God with their ears? Is that the manifest presence or is that the imminent presence. That's the manifest presence of God. Great. Mm -hmm. Okay. So talk to us. So that's omnipresence we've talked about and manifest presence. And so talk to us about God's transcendence and his imminence. Mm -hmm. Those are the other two. So transcendence and imminence are related to omnipresence. So God being transcendent is that he is beyond those limitations of space and time. Yeah. That he is not bound by the rules that we are bound by as human beings living a life in physical time and space. My favorite example of this is in Genesis when we first created that Genesis timeline in the She Reads Truth Bible. And I saw how wildly overlaid the conversations that God is having with Abram are on the timeline with the conversations that God is having with Job. And that he is transcendently in both places doing just like earth shattering things that form our faith. But he can be both places. So he's transcendent in that way. And that not just in space, but in time. And that when God is 
in these moments that are specific, it's not like, oh, well, who's running the world? Who's right. on the throne? It's not like I'm here right now, so I'm not at home. Right. Right. With my family. Amanda is not transcendent. Right? I am not. I'm so sorry to okay. say. Actually, right. I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> so that, for me personally, is easier to grasp than the in all times. Mm-hmm. Want, like that is really when you think that, you know, how God is not bound by linear time in the way that we are, that just really blows my yeah. mind. Yeah. And so it gives new meaning and new understanding for me to verses like, you know, I go before you yeah. and behind you. Like you hem me in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like. Because it's easier for me to think the same God who talked to Job and from the whirlwind, right, is the same God who's here in this room with us that we prayed to and asked for his presence before we hit record on this episode. Same God. But it's a little bit more of a stretch for our finite brains to go, is the same God who will minister to my granddaughter, you know, Mm -hmm. and call her into whatever he has already for her. He's gone that far ahead and further still. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about that version of transcendence that goes ahead of us as well, that's where the brain starts to like crinkle a little. A lot. A lot. (laughs) But I think that what was interesting for me in studying this plan is that those are actually the concepts that I feel like I hear people talk about most when they talk about God. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is I feel like we talk about how vast he is. We talk about how different he is from us in these these ways that we can't understand. But then it's fascinating when you start reading in scripture, there are all these moments where we can't comprehend exactly what's happening. Our language falls short, but where it's not necessarily just talking about those vast moments. It's saying, you know, a cloud appeared and God was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what happens there? Or, you know, even thinking about the incarnation of Jesus that, oh, God put on flesh and walked on the earth. What? Like that, that to me is almost a harder concept to grasp. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for yeah. me, this idea of God being above and beyond, that's true. But being to say, huge. Yes. But to make himself small. Like, right. In a very fleshy way. Or the idea that he would say, I'm going to dwell in a tabernacle, in a tent as you move around and all the the practical complications of what that looks like. I'm going to be a God who is on the move with you. And again, always present everywhere, but specifically present with the Israelites in a tent. That to me is something that we'll get to this in in the scripture, but that's something that sets the faith of the people of God apart from every other thing that God is not bound by anything humans can create, but also that we are marked by his presence. And that's what you'll see throughout this whole study, I hope that you will see throughout this whole study and throughout all of scripture when you start looking for it is that to be the people of God is to be marked by his presence. Yeah. And that's wild. That's so That's good. wild. Yeah. And so that to complete the thought of like those four attributes that we're like kind of anchoring on or, or baselining this conversation on, that's that fourth attribute, the imminence, which means not only is he big, not only was he Abram's God and will he, I pray, be my great granddaughter's God, but imminently he is here. He mm-hmm. is actively involved with his creation. He is not the guy who set the earth into place and then sat back to see what would happen next. He is imminently present. And so those are sort of that those four words that will help us kind of all have common language as we continue to talk about this. Yes. Imminence is to me is the Colossians 1, 17, like he holds all things together. Yeah. Like that's what I think of when I think of the eminence of God. 
to your point, Rachel, we don't actually use, like, you're not going to find these words anywhere else in, like, you're not going to find these words in scripture. You're not going to find these words. These are theological terms. um, Yeah. But they are terms that we may not say in conversation, but this sets the basic, like you said, like the basic understanding of here are the things we know to be true about God. Yeah. And that inform, right. And it informs everything else we're going to talk about. Yes. And for everyone who's reading along with us, this is your day one reading. Your day one reading are scriptures that talk about both of these realities being at play. So that... The Colossians 117 verse that Amanda just referenced, that's part of the reading. So you'll you'll see in Scripture just sort of a a broad survey of how Scripture talks about all of these pieces. And the Psalm 139 passage, which I mentioned a while back, which I'm actually just going to read because it feels like such a beautiful way to begin this plan. I also really love it in the CSB. I don't know. When I read it just this week, it struck me differently. And I don't know if I'm just used to reading it in a different translation, but the CSB language is really beautiful here. And there's something really sweet about reading scripture outside of our familiar translation. And so if you grew up reading it ESV or something, that it's nice. And I do like this translation from Psalm 139. I'll read one through 10. It's a Psalm of David. And he says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shale, you are there. If I fly on the wings of the dawn or settle at the western limits, even there, your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold on to me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That's how I feel. Oh, it's so good. And I love, I do miss, so verse five, you have encircled me. ESV and NIV say you hem me in behind and before. And so I love both of those. To me, they kind of, they feel slightly different, Mm -hmm. at least in terms of the image it conjures up for me. But hemming me in behind and before feels very secure. There's that old him or whatever it is, St. Patrick's Breastplate, which we sing at church, but I think it's also maybe a poem, but it's Christ before me, Christ yeah. above me, Christ within me, Christ to hold me. Anyway, I love that. Mm-hmm. Also, this makes me think of last Christmas. We read, I want to say it was a Spurgeon quote, and that's a pretty safe bet, where he talks about God with us. And he says, you know, if I'm on the bottom of the ocean, I can say, Emmanuel, God with us. If I am on the moon, which I don't think he said, but like if I'm in (laughs) space, I can say, Emmanuel, God with us. And it's, that's what we're getting in Psalm 139. What a beautiful passage. It's so good. And even the next verse we have is that verse I was talking about earlier, where Moses is talking to God and he says, how will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all the other people on the face of the earth. I just made a very dramatic face that the listeners yeah. can't see, but that is, it's the uniqueness of God and who we are as his people that yes. this is true of us. Yes. yes. Yep. And it called to mind for me from John 6, where where Jesus says, are you going to go too? Like, are you going to leave me too? And Simon Peter says, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Like that's what it reminded me of immediately when I read it. 
there's something really neat about the way that our team, when we curate scripture, when you see a passage, like I've read that, that was from Exodus 33. I've read that before in context, but in the same way that we really believe and advocate that scripture be read in context, there's something so powerful when you set that verse alongside Psalm 139 mm-hmm. and see, oh, like this is, so we don't just glaze past it, that this is God's presence. And they're saying like, this is the only way. And I mean, the key verse for this plan from Psalm 73, David is saying, but as for me, God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell about all you do. He says, God's presence is my good. I just want to say that every morning when I wake yes. up. But that's what's happening when you're talking about that that's the thing that marks mm-hmm. believers, that marks God's people, is that His presence is with them in an imminent way. Mm-hmm. And we talked earlier about how you start to see these same themes woven throughout Scripture. So there in Exodus, you have this, you have this comment. And then in Acts 4.13... When they're talking about the disciples of Jesus, it says, When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. Or then you think about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians, Mm -hmm. where it's the same thing, that we are marked and we are different when the presence of the Holy Spirit is Uh with us. Or Moses when he comes down from the mountain and his face is radiant because he's been in the presence of God. I like it when Jessica reads the Bible because she just like said something, like read the Bible, said something about it and just closed it and just like wagged her head with joy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And that's the thing. I mean, this is, we just came out of Psalm 119 talking about how delightful it is to have God's word and to have this Genesis to Revelation evidence of God's presence with us and presently with us. And of course, restoration of God's presence in the future with us. I delight in God's word. It's so wonderful. And we've alluded to this a little bit, but I also want to encourage everyone who's reading with us to pay attention to the language of presence and the language of position throughout the whole plan. You know, even that passage that Amanda read about, you encircled me, you have placed your hand on me, that the way that biblical authors talk about God, when they talk about what it means to be with God, the language they use feels physical. And even though the language a lot of times is figurative, it is still representative of an actual reality. So maybe it's not saying that God's physical hand in the story is there, but it's representing that a real reality behind that language and that that picture they're painting for us to try to describe something that's beyond our comprehension. Yeah. I think that's one of the things we can struggle with as believers, especially in the context of maybe those who don't share our faith in Jesus, is to say, you know, we look at the world and especially, I mean, you know, this year has been what it's been and how our world is hurting and our world is broken and relationships are broken, and you think, well, if God is here, like, where is he, and is he must be far off? Like, I just, it's, we can struggle to have the language to help someone understand why that, that you just said, Jessica, about God is true, and it's why scripture is so important, because it gives us language, and it gives us the opportunity 
to read about God's presence in Scripture and then to look in our lives and in our world and recognize God's presence and to recognize God's Spirit in our lives and in our world. And I think that's what struck me the most in this day one reading. I mean, there's so much here, but the imminence of God is what I just kept bumping into in a good way, mm-hmm. <laughs> not bumping against, but like running into and just feeling so grateful. And just to kind of pluck some verses from this in Isaiah, you have Isaiah 66 too. my hand made all these things. And so they all came into being. And then you have Matthew one, which echoes Isaiah and Emmanuel and God with us. And then you have Acts 17 and Paul's sermon in the Areopagus, I believe, who, you know, pronunciation is not required, everybody. It's fine. But verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in shrines made by hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. And then we have after that Colossians 1, he is before all things and by him all things hold together. And what struck me is just, God so clearly as creator, which I think is something we don't struggle with as much with like, no, he didn't just create and set into motion. He created and is intimately involved in holding all things together. And he is the God who is with us. And so I'm excited to to work through this with the community and to be able to then look up in our own communities, in our local communities and see God and help those around us see God's hand at work and see all of his attributes, not just the four that we've listed, but, you know, grace, love, goodness, mercy, justice, all of it. That theme is why this plan matters to me. Yes. Because I think so often we or the world or, you know, a a textbook on world religions can reduce the Christian faith to, okay, well, heaven or hell, pick one, you know, where are you going to go? But actually, the reality of the Christian faith is an invitation to a life-changing relationship with God that matters right now. It matters today. It matters yes. tomorrow. Yes, there is a, you know, a, a future eternity. There is this picture in Revelation of knowing, you know, knowing God in full. Having being, perfect knowledge. Yes, having perfect knowledge, having the fullness of his presence. But it's not just a future hope. There's a present reality there is something real that's happening. There is an indwelling, you know, reality of the Holy Spirit and believers. There is a knowledge of God's presence that we get to know now mm-hmm. yeah. in part, and we get to know it fully. And that's, you know, the hope of our faith. It's the the future that we're looking forward to, but it changes. It changes your today. It changes your tomorrow. It changes how you look at your community. It changes how you understand what's happening in the world because we believe that God is inviting us into that relationship mm-hmm. now. Yeah, when we say we get eternity with God, eternity is right now. It That's doesn't right. have a future start date. Right. That's right. I mean, it mattered to me on my drive here yes. to record this this podcast. I mean, to remember that God was with me in that moment. And I mean, I literally like was just breathing in and breathing out, just trying to kind of like de-stress a little bit and was just remembering God with me Mm -hmm. and not anything, no big words, you know, or definitions or anything, but just that actual presence that yes, maybe the five senses can't see, Mm -hmm. but I can feel it just as if 
your five senses could see it. Do you know? Like, and that, I don't know how to explain that. That probably sounds kooky, but it's true. I like that you can't explain it. And I like that. I like to kind of have the heady conversation with the big words and kind of talk about what scripture says about God's presence and how we can understand it and how we can't and how mankind has experienced the physical presence of God. But then I like setting that aside and sitting down and Amanda, like you said, breathing in and breathing out where we are and mm-hmm. going, we have God's presence right now where yeah. we are. Now, it, this is not theoretical. This is not hypothetical. He is Emmanuel in this room mm-hmm. right now as we breathe in and out. And to bring it down to that level when it's easier almost to have a mm-hmm. heady conversation and instead to like for your spirit to experience mm-hmm. and practice the presence of God, that's what I don't want our listeners or our readers to miss in this reading plan. Yeah. I don't want them to get through it and have a heady understanding of the through line of the presence of God in Scripture and be able to have an intelligent conversation about it. That is not our hope for this right. plan. Our hope for this plan is that when you when you do get that understanding, like read God's Word, know what it says, understand it, but actually practice it, actually experience it personally. Yeah, and Jessica and the team put together a beautiful extra in this book that is called Practicing the Presence of God, and it's multiple pages of just walking us through what can it actually look like, and so it's kind of some helps and also some guidance on how to, what we called in this book and what you can, you know, People call it different things, but practicing the presence of God, which is simply, but also like, you Mm -hmm. know, we know that simple is a funny word to simply be mindful of and live in the mindfulness of God's presence and to form some actions around that mindfulness, like prayer and meditation and scripture reading and all of those things. So it's super helpful. The study book is, I think, a very, this is a unique one in our catalog. Yeah. Hey friends, Katie here, and I just wanted to let you know about our upcoming study, The Book of Daniel. Daniel sought to honor God even as he lived in a land of false gods and under the rule of foreign kings. This book is one of dreams and visions, persecution and identity. But even more, it's a story of how God is the king whose dominion is not shaken. We invite you to join us in a three-week study beginning September 28th as we explore what it means to serve our faithful, unstoppable God. Use code DANIEL15 for 15% off our Daniel collection. That's DANIEL15 for 15% off. Now, back to the show. Jessica, what would you tell us about practicing the presence of God? I would sort of just piggyback off of what Rachel said, that the Holy Spirit is not a metaphor. Yeah. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is real, and the Holy Spirit is God with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that we can forget. Our lives, you know, can be really noisy and busy and full of to-do lists, you know, all these different things. I think that when we have so much to do, sometimes being still can almost feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yes, It can almost feel overwhelming to be alone with our own thoughts, mm-hmm. to be alone in prayer and not have something else almost drowning out that mm-hmm. reality, that there really is a a discipline Oh yeah, of practicing the presence of God, just meaning if the Holy Spirit is not a metaphor— if the Spirit is alive and active in us, what does it mean to take time to just be aware yeah. 
of right. God's presence. And that really is just like, get alone, like mm-hmm. actually get alone, which is rare. I think mm-hmm. some people can find time to get alone, but even if you're physically not around other people, you are possibly not alone. Like you've got other things speaking into you. Um, I mean, we talk about that a lot. Like you've got, you know, the internet in your hand, whatever it is. But if you can get really alone, like phone not in the room. And then, and if you can, the best ways to practice the presence of God, that's meditating on his word. Open your Bible and read God's word. Pray, just talk to God, worship, confess. Like these are the ways that you practice the presence of God. And sometimes it truly is just that meditating, like actually the mental exercise of like Amanda did in the car this morning, remembering, just saying, God is here. Yes. And I think that sometimes we feel like, oh, it has to be perfect. It has to be mm-hmm. the perfect scenario with all of these different elements or I need to go on a retreat and climb a mountain and have this yeah. majestic experience. <laughs> but here's what it's looked like for me since reading this plan and being convicted about the fact that I never have silence. I always have a podcast yeah. on or I always have the radio on or I always have someone talking to me you know, or I'm Marco Polling on the phone. I'm always doing something to fill the silence and I've been convicted about it. So for me, what it's looked like since reading this plan is to when I'm taking a shower in the morning to not listen to music Mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm. to spend that five to 10 minutes talking to God about the day. And it's not anything complicated. Mm -hmm. It's just, okay, God, here's what I have on my plate today. I'm feeling nervous about recording a podcast or I have this meeting with the team where I'm really not sure what direction this can go or, or I have this conversation I need to have with my husband, whatever it is. And it's really simple. It's not complicated, but it is silent mm-hmm. and it's, it's there with the Lord. Or you can talk out loud, but there's not other voices speaking into it or mm-hmm. in the car on a drive or five minutes before you actually go to sleep, go to bed five minutes early yeah. and just pause and reflect on the day and talk to God about it. It doesn't have to be some perfect scenario. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some ideal that we will never reach. And this is what I love about this first episode of this series and this reading plan. Next week and the week after that, we're going to talk about like the way God's presence travels through Scripture. We're going to talk Ark of the Covenant, God in the Garden, Baby in Bethlehem. Like We're going to spend two whole weeks, two whole podcast episodes talking about that. But I like that this first week, this framing week, is just reminding us sort of how to think about the presence of God in Scripture. It's helping us think about the presence of God in Scripture as a through theme. And then it's just reminding us, like the other parts of this week are that God's presence strengthens us as believers, that it gives us peace and rest. And then like we talked about, that the importance of remembering Mm -hmm. that we are in the presence of God at all times. And so when we start this series on this note, it makes me really excited to go forward and talk about the physical ways God is present with his people and then to come out of that. But I like starting here. Yeah, I do too. I also really love the day two reading this week is we were welcomed into God's presence. And I had so many exclamation points <laughs> in my margin as I was reading through this. Just it is a beautiful collection of scripture that is it's really striking because essentially for me, it was such an invitation and I did feel welcomed mm-hmm. into God's presence because it kind of takes the reasons that that should not be possible. Yes. Which are real. I mean, God is holy and we are not. And mm-hmm. how can you be in the presence of a holy God? And it just 
it essentially is a presentation of the gospel in that one day. And it felt, I'm excited for the community to read it because I think if this is new for you, I think that you're going to see how, you know, we've talked about earthquake moments. For me, day two is an earthquake moment in this reading plan where you just realize what God has done and how intentionally he has done it to draw near to his people and to reconcile us back to himself. I love that we're getting to spend a little time on that because we have no business being in the presence of God. We have no business Yeah, there. like if you look at our resumes on paper, they don't go together. Right. Oil when, and water. When Leviticus mix. is saying, you must be holy because I am holy. Like, we're not. So that should be the end of the conversation. That's the end of the conversation. And like Jenny was saying a couple weeks ago in the Ephesians episode that we get so like excited, like, Jesus ate with sinners. That's so great. And she's like, no, that's you. Jesus ate with you. Yeah. And when we remember that Jesus has no business eating with us. Yeah. It's and, all a mercy. And then yeah. that it's not just like, okay, you know, it's a con- it's not a concession. It's a pursuit. It's that God wants to be present with us. That he, he had no business doing it, but he literally made it his business. He made, he it, made his it his business. mission. He yes. made it. I mean, and that's, again, the, this theme of scripture, he made it his yes, intention it to is. seek after us, to dwell in these places, to lead us in clouds of fire and all these different things. He did it. Even though he had no business literally, doing it, it was his business. He made it his like, he made it what he was doing with us. It's wonderful. Like he pursued us like it's his job. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's day two. Like that's, yeah. I'm so excited for the community to read these days. This is the progression that I wrote in my margin of this day. And then you need to just go read it. The Lord is our God. We long to dwell with God. He is holy. We are unclean. But Jesus brought us near by his blood. We can approach the throne. He makes us able to stand in his presence. And we will be there in his presence for eternity. For eternity. That is the progression of those passages. And I just wanted to do cartwheels. Just confession, I can't actually do a cartwheel, but in my heart, I do them often. I can't. I also cannot do a cartwheel. Well, just oh, this is why we're friends. I we can, can do learn. a cartwheel. <laughs> 2021 goals. I, I Well, you know what? My mind can do a cartwheel. I haven't physically done a cartwheel in a while. I'll, I'll get back to you on that. Okay. Can I talk to you about something that really stuck out to me from day four that I just loved? Yes. So this actually ends up being the benediction for this plan that we'll hopefully read over the community at the end of this. So yes, let's make please. a note okay, on episode yes. four. Let's, Love let's it. read it over them. But there's this priestly blessing in number six that I want to read and talk about for a second as we start this plan. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites, and I will bless them. So at face value, no pun intended, but also (laughs) pun intended, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful prayer of blessing. Here's something else that's really interesting that I noticed in preparing for this podcast today. The Hebrew word that we translate as presence in English is the same word as face. So anytime you see in the Old Testament presence that it's face. It's that same thing. They have different no kidding. Different meanings and conversation, but it's the same idea. And so again, it's this this figurative language, it's this idiom that represents this other reality. Yeah. This full presence. So what does it mean for the Lord's face to shine on you? And what it means is for his presence to for be his with presence you. Presence to be with you. And I that to me was so moving. So when we read in Exodus 33, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. It's this 
presence as its face. It's that my, like, I will be with you. My face will be with you. It's this. It's his actual self. Yes. And again, it's God's actual person. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't and even so, know the words to use. Right. But, and yeah. so I just think that that language, it really helps us see that it requires a presence, right? If you could see someone's face, yeah. you can see their presence. And so yeah. I just think learn that that's the, even the language that's used, this this idiom, this representation is really powerful to think about that. It also removes the indifference that you may be tempted to think, okay, well, if God's around, he's indifferent. But when like we, someone can be with you and not, you don't see their face, like they're with you, but not really with you. But when someone looks at you, like when you're looking, you know, we're making eye contact, you can see my face, I can see yours. That's presence to me. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is really, it's intimate. It is intimate. And, you know, you'll see throughout scripture that there is, you know, again, this literal reality where I can't literally look at the fullness of who you are. But that you'll you'll read, you know, the psalmist say, you'll read people say, don't hide your face from me. Or God will say, mm, I'll hide yeah. my face from you. And again, it's this, yeah. this conversation about his presence. That again, like you're saying, it's this dialogue about an, an intimacy, about a relationship that is essential to who we are as the people of God. And that's part of the conversation throughout all of scripture, you know, that every time he affirms the the covenant with the patriarchs. There's some sort of moment of manifest presence. There's yeah. mm-hmm. there's all of these things where, again, it's just this reinforcement that our faith, our beliefs are not just a statement of beliefs. They are not just mental knowledge of, yes, I can sign off on this list of things that I agree with. It is relational. And once you start seeing it, you, you can't look away. Yeah. You can't miss it because it's there in this language of presence. It's there in his face shining upon you. Like that's... That's the language that God gave these people to describe yeah. who he is in relationship to us. And it doesn't just start in Jesus. Yeah, It's there. It's wonderful. Yeah. I love that. I'm excited as we continue. First of all, I wanna, I'm excited to read these passages again, knowing what you just told us. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to see, because we've laid out this reading plan with scripture as our guide, and we have things that we hope that it teaches but I'm excited to see what the community learns that we didn't even know. Like the that always happens, but like that moment that you had, and for me that happened in day three, and it's a passage I've read over and over, but in Psalm 46, verse one, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid that the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its water roars and foams and the mountains quake with its turmoil. So I've read that before. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. But to go back to what we were talking about earlier, just like the state of the world, and and I don't know that the world is in any more pain than it has been. It's just everything's, you know, brought to the surface right now. But to have a God who is always found in times of trouble, to have a God who, you know, Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is near the brokenhearted, to have a God who is imminent in his creation, but also who is imminent in such intimate, personal ways, and who intentionally is always found in times of trouble. And to know that, like, if, if you're in trouble right now, God is near to you. And that is a very like humbling and grounding thing for me, I think, to know that 
that we don't just have a God who is who's far off, but who is near and who loves us. Like you couple all of this that we're talking about with what is, I think, maybe a little bit easier for us to grasp, which is that God is love. Mm-hmm. And then what does that say? Like, what does that mean? Like God's presence is our good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited to find those tiny moments that we identify and, and see in a new light because we are being mindful of the presence of God. Yeah, yeah. That God loving us meant that he dwelled in a tent and wandered in the wilderness with the Israelites, that God loving us meant that he came as Jesus and walked on dusty streets and sat down at tables with sinners and let women you know, weep at his feet and dry, dry his feet with their hair. Yeah. That God loving us, being with us, means that he's, as the Holy Spirit, in us, with us, in all of these moments. That's what God is love means. Amen. Yeah. Well, this feels like a beautiful time to flow straight into beauty, goodness, and truth. I'm so excited about this plan. Like, I am geeked out, excited for next week already. And honestly, this week that lays ahead of us, for us with our community to open these pages and read these together, this is good job on this plan, baby, Jessica. (laughs) Um, We're excited about this. We like your reading plan, baby. Thanks, thanks. So talk to us. I mean, where are you guys seeing beauty, goodness, and or truth in your lives? I'll start if I can, because I do have one today. I think a couple weeks ago I said campfires were like my thing. Like yes, I'm just loving did. that. So our new thing, we have a new thing. We don't have, we don't have fire pit anymore. We don't have fire, but we just moved into a new house that's just a little closer to church and school. And we inherited a basketball hoop. And none of us plays basketball. We're all terrible. I mean, I did play in middle school, and I was, you know, what I was oh, pretty I'm good. Need to see a photograph, yeah, of that. for sure. Anyway, it has become such a tradition over the last three weeks in our home that it's no longer a conversation. It's just we all sort of appear in the driveway a little bit before bedtime as the sun is going down, and we play pig or horse or whatever we feel like we have time for or patience <laughs> for. But it's beautiful. And it is good. And I think I would argue true in the conversations that we're having. We're being together. We're present with each other, which feels great. And the basketball hoop, when we're shooting, faces the sunset. And so it really is just pretty. But it's just really good, happy, tons of laughter before bed. Highly recommend a basketball hoop, whether you play or don't play. I got to say. Probably more fun if you don't. (laughs) I am currently reigning as queen of the court. And um, I have a pretty good jump shot. (laughs) I may not oh. be able to cartwheel, but I have a great jump shot. You know, I was defensive player of the year when no. I when I played middle school basketball. So maybe our middle school selves should have a face off. I like that. I love <laughs> this so much. <laughs> okay, um, what else? Amanda, do you have anything? Well, it's not as uh, it's it's not as fun as a basketball hoop, but there's a lot of change happening right now. Yeah, just the season. It's you know, we're school is becoming a thing again. Evidently, schedules are going to need to become a thing, which is good. But there's just the, it might take me a minute to get to this, but the beauty that I am seeing right now and goodness and truth is I'm having to do a lot of parenting. It's really cramping my style. No, I mean, I'm having to, my kids just need assurance right now that like, this is, this is all going to be okay. A lot of things are changing all at once. And so I find myself saying things to them that I also need to hear. And so it's been good. And one thing that I, that has come out of my mouth a lot recently is just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's bad. And it's okay to, you know, 
that change can be okay. And that's a pretty big deal for me because I don't like change either. And so <laughs> I specifically, one of my sons, we feel the same. And so I just can, I just, it resonates so deeply when he's just like, I don't, he understands why the things are happening and that it's good on paper, but he's like, I as much just, as any of us can. Right. But he's like, I just don't like it. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it. And so it really has been one of those moments where that intentional calling to mind what we know is true, even when you don't feel like it is true. Yeah. It's really coming into play right now. So, so yeah, just trying to speak true things to my kids and also hear them at the same time. That's real. Jessica, what you got? Mine is not as thoughtful or as beautiful as either of <laughs> yours, but one of my dear friends, we've been in an online distant book club actually for about five years now. Wow. So that's a lot of fun. It's mostly just group therapy through talking, about, talking about fiction. Totally support she that. She gifted me with a candle. And what she told me when she gave me the candle is that every time I lit the candle, she wanted it to be a reminder that she cared about me and that she was thinking about me or that I was thinking about her. Isn't that so sweet? That's That's wonderful. That's so thoughtful and it's so sweet. So that is my beauty, goodness, and truth. Especially in a time where we don't get to be around people as much. Oh, that's great. Is it a good candle? It's good. It's something from anthropology, but I can't remember the scent. We can link to it in the show notes. I've got to guess Volcano. It's not Volcano. I think it's maybe Amber. All right, yeah. I don't know. I'll look it up. We'll give you guys a little. Hey, as we close, I actually do want to do a benediction at the end of each of these episodes. And for episode one, for this week, let's do Zephaniah 317. I'm going to read this over you guys as we go. Here is what God says. The Lord your God is among you, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. He will delight in you with singing. And until next week, Jessica, what do we tell them? Keep opening your Bibles. 